This program is made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. I'm so glad to be with you. I've been waiting to be with you, and today I'm going to talk to you about what kind of gifts the Magi brought to Jesus. Most people think they brought three little boxes of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but what does the Bible really say, and what do we know from history about the kinds of gifts that Magi gave to kings at their birth? And my friend, you are going to be shocked when you hear the answer in today's program. So stay with me all the way to the end. But right now, we're offering you my brand new series, which is called Christmas, The Rest of the Story. It's 15 parts, and it comes in multiple formats. The subtitle says Amazing Insights, and I really mean that. To me, these are amazing insights about Christmas you've never heard before. I want you to know everything about this miraculous story. And this series comes with a study guide. I put a lot of work into these study guides, and I want you to enjoy them. Please do order all of this by going online or by giving us a call. And remember that right now we're also offering you my book by the same title, Christmas, The Rest of the Story. It is just a treasure, and you'll be thrilled when yours shows up in the mail. But hey, if you need prayer, I want you to know we are really serious about praying for you. You don't have to sit there by yourself and struggle. You can reach out to us. We would love to pray with you. Of course, you can pray by yourself. Every believer can pray by himself in the name of Jesus. But sometimes it just helps when we can talk to somebody else and hear them pray with us. That's why we're here. We want to be your prayer partner. So reach out to us by calling us right now or send us your email. And when you reach out to us, you will really be prayed for. But right now, watch this and then I'll be right back. Christmas is a timeless tradition. But do you really know the true story of that first holy night? In Rick Renner's timeless new book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, Rick uncovers the stunning details of the nativity story you have never heard. Like, was Joseph really a carpenter? Who were the shepherds keeping watch? How far did the wise men travel and how many actually came? Through its detailed watercolor illustration, Christmas the Rest of the Story invites families to explore the true meaning of Christmas as they interact with the story across nearly 300 decorated pages. The Christmas story is the most important story ever told. It is just miraculous. And with this wonderful, fully illustrated book, you will learn so much and you'll want to share it with others. When you call or go online right now to pre-order this book for just $35, you'll receive the eternal story of Christmas, now beautifully told in this timeless keepsake. Bound in a landmark large format book, you will create a family tradition that will last for generations. This sweeping portrait of the Christmas story allows readers to reflect on why Jesus came to earth that holy night and ultimately the reason for his birth. Great as a gift or to enhance your own traditions, order this beautiful book today. Christmas, the rest of the story for just $35. Call now or go to renner.org to order. Don't miss this special Christmas offer. Well, today we're going to see what was the value of the Magi's gifts. Hold on to your seat 
because this is going to be quite eye-opening. But we've already seen in previous programs that Magi came to the city of Jerusalem saying, where is he born king of the Jews? And it threw Herod and the whole city of Jerusalem into an emotional tailspin because this was an announcement that a rival king had been born and Herod was paranoid that once again someone would try to take his throne from him. So he called the scribes and the Pharisees and he interrogated of them and demanded of them, tell me exactly where the scriptures say the Christ child will be born. And they told him, in Bethlehem. So now he has a biblical answer. Then he called the Magi in and interrogated them. Tell me exactly the time, the chronology, the timeline when the star first appeared, because he knew if he could determine when the star first appeared, which was the announcement of the child's birth, then he could figure out how old the child was. So now he knows where the Christ is to be born. Now he's determined how old the baby is, and he dispatches the Magi to Bethlehem, not knowing that the Holy Family had left Bethlehem nearly two years earlier. All Herod knew is that the scribes and Pharisees said this child would be born in Bethlehem. So since that's all he knew, he dispatched the Magi to Bethlehem. And it seems that while the Magi were in Jerusalem with Herod, the star disappeared. You're going to see in just a moment they were thrilled when it reappeared. But let's go to Matthew chapter 2, verse 9. It says, when they, that is the Magi, heard the king, they departed and lo, that word lo carries a sense of bewilderment, amazement, to be speechless, to be flabbergasted, to be shocked, and shockingly, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. All of a sudden, the star reappears. Well, the fact that it disappeared while they were there and then suddenly reappears suggests this was not a natural phenomena. There was something supernatural about this constellation that was leading them. But we know the star led them not to Bethlehem, but all the way to Nazareth, to the house where the Holy Family had been living for two years. And in Matthew chapter 2, verse 10, we read, And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. There it is again. And they knew rather than be led by Herod, they needed to be led by the star. These were magi. These were masters at interpreting signs, and they knew this was the sign that they needed to follow. So Herod sent them one direction, but the star led them another direction. And I said in the previous program that sometimes in life, people will tell us to do one thing, but the Lord will lead us to do another thing, and this is a great example. And Matthew chapter 2, 11 tells us the heavenly sign led them all the way to the house in Nazareth where they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. And we saw in the last program that today in Nazareth, there is the Sisters of Nazareth Convent, a wonderful convent which was constructed on top of a Byzantine church. And early Byzantine writings recorded that that earlier church had been constructed there because it was the site of Jesus' childhood home. So according to early Byzantine records, that first Byzantine church was constructed on top of the ruins of the Holy Family's home in Nazareth. And then later, 
the Sisters of Nazareth convent on top of that. And today you can go there if you can get permission and go into the very bottom part of that convent and you can really see the ruins of a first century house, which possibly could be the house that is referred to in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 11. Whether it is or not, we do know that the Holy Family was no longer in Bethlehem in the cave where Jesus was born, but two years had passed. Now they were living in the house in Nazareth. And in Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, it says, And when they, that is the Magi, when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And in this verse, we find seven very important points. First, the Magi entered into the house, not in the cave in Bethlehem. Two years have passed. Jesus is no longer an infant. Now he is a toddler. And that's point number two. The Magi saw the young child with Mary, his mother. The word young child describes a young child in training. It emphatically is not the word babe, which was used by Luke in Luke chapter 2. This is the word for a young child, a toddler, approximately two years old. And the verse says that he was with his mother. In Greek, it means he was standing alongside his mother, just as we have illustrated on the screen. Third, the Magi fell down and worshiped him. Why did they fall down? Well, remember, they have been waiting from the time of Daniel for this world leader to be born. Now they've seen his constellation in the sky overhead. They've taken two years approximately to provide a massive catalog of gifts which they've brought to give him. They've waited and waited and waited. They've prophesied and believed this day would come. And now they see the world leader in front of them. And when their eyes fell upon Jesus, all the strength drained out of them. And the Greek literally means they collapsed. They just collapsed in his presence and they worshiped him. The word worship means to kiss the ground, to fall down, to adore on one's knees, to worship with all necessary physical gestures of worship. Can you imagine what must have been going through the mind of Mary and Joseph when they saw these three or four or five or 12 powerful people on their knees, falling down, kissing the ground in front of their two-year-old? Fourth, the Magi opened their treasures and gifts. The word open describes a grand and magnificent opening, which means this is not three little gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Point number five, the Magi presented Jesus with treasures and gifts, and the word presented emphatically in Greek means to physically carry, which means there were so many gifts they brought that the servants of the Magi began to physically transport them into the house. Many hands were needed to carry the vast numbers of gifts. And because some of the gifts and treasures were so physically large, they had to be carried by the joint efforts of multiple servants. These was, this was a massive collection of gifts. Number six, the Magi presented him treasures and gifts. The word treasures is plural in Greek, and it describes a storehouse of treasures or cargo filled to the brim with treasures. The word gifts is also plural but when you put it all together, it was a massive, massive collection of treasures and gifts. And number seven, the Magi specifically gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and 
myrrh. But let's back up for a moment and ask the question, what kind of gifts did Magi give to kings in the ancient world? And because of a lot of research that has been conducted, we know exactly what kind of gifts Magi gave to kings in the ancient world at their birth. Listen to this. The size of diplomatic gifts that were given to a king were always given according to the status of that king. If the king was deemed to be a low-level king, the Magi would bring lesser gifts. But if a king was deemed to be a high-level king, the Magi would bring gifts of greater value. Well, the Magi waited for centuries for the greatest, most preeminent world leader to ever be born. So when the constellations announced his birth, the Magi knew they needed to bring outstanding gifts that were fit for the greatest leader ever born. Only the finest treasures and gifts would be fitting for a king with such a status. They knew that anything less would be viewed as a diplomatic snub. So they took many months to prepare the vast catalog of treasures and gifts to present to him. That may be another reason why it took them two years to show up. They needed time to prepare these particular kinds of treasures. And their treasures would have included vases, urns, plates, carpets, all kinds of clothing, all kinds of items fashioned from gold, silver, and other rare and expensive materials. And the value of these gifts, my friend, would have been a fortune. And you have to remember that Magi were from the East. And in the East, they lived lavishly and they treated their leaders ostentatiously. Now they have come to see the greatest world leader ever born. And they gave gifts commensurate with his long-awaited status. And to be sure, the inventory was massive. It was massive. You have to also remember that the region from which the Magi came traded in precious metals, gems, rugs, spices, silks, incense, and the most treasured gifts that were known in the ancient world. And they brought so many gifts, it required a caravan to bring them all. My friends, these were not three little boxes of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And some of the earliest texts from the ancient world that have survived tells us what kind of gifts were given in such a diplomatic exchange. For example, gold and silver, ceremonial weapons, luxurious foods, animals, among other extravagant and splendid items. But... From historical resources, we have compiled a list to give us a taste of what Magi normally gave to a king at birth, and they include large quantities of gold, silver, ebony, and ivory, lapis, fabulous garments spun with golden threads, exotic perfumes, and gums from rare trees and plants. And documentation shows that it was normal to give 20 talents of gold, which is 1,336 pounds of gold for a low-level king. But for a greater king, the amount of gold would need to be the greatest to be commensurate with his greater status. And other examples of diplomatic exchanges included beds carved from ebony and overlaid with gold, chairs overlaid with gold, footstools fashioned of ebony and ivory and overlaid with gold and items made of gold or inlaid with gold, goblets, jewelry, clothes, perfume containers, boats, knives, figurines, gold-covered chariots and thrones, and very often such diplomatic exchanges included items made out of bronze, alabaster, malachite, 
various other creations either made with or inlaid with semi-precious stones, linen, cloths of the finest materials known at that time, more garments, and as many as a thousand jars of sweet oils from the east, along with nearly limitless gifts made of ivory and stone. Now, my friends, that's a lot more than three little boxes of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and it's almost impossible to put a price tag in today's economy on the value of these gifts. But in the ancient world, there really are catalogs that have survived to show us exactly what kind of gifts the Magi gave. A low-level king would have received less. A high-level king would have given, received more. The Magi gave gifts commensurate with the status of the king, and Jesus was the greatest world leader ever born. So you can imagine how great was the catalog and the inventory of gifts which they brought to him in the house in Nazareth. But let's look also about the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, because this is very important. Gold was very expensive. And the word gold that is used here in the Bible describes the highest grade of gold. And my friends, this was the gift for a king. How about the gift of frankincense? Frankincense was exotic and rare, and believe it or not, it could be even more expensive than gold. That's why it's amazing that every year at the temple in Jerusalem, they use 700 pounds of frankincense. And why did they use frankincense? Because frankincense was associated with priestly ministry, but they also brought the gift of myrrh. Myrrh was a favorite of kings, and they often wore it in amulets around their necks. It was associated with kings, and it was also an agent which was used in embalming the dead. So these were three very unique gifts. Gold was the gift for a king. Frankincense was connected with a priest and his priestly functions, and myrrh was a component in perfume that was used for embalming dead bodies Thus is symbolically prophesied Jesus' future death. And these three gifts of the Magi prophetically foretold that Jesus would eventually serve in the role of king, high priest, and savior through his death and resurrection. But what was a possible catalog of gifts that the Magi gave to Jesus when they showed up in Nazareth? And because of research done by very astute scholars, we can give you a likely inventory of what they brought. It may have included gold, silver, ebony objects, ivory creations, oriental carpets, fabulous fabrics, goblets of gold and silver, utensils made of silver and gold, items inlaid with precious stones, beautifully carved tusks, lapis, garments spun with golden thread, exotic perfumes and gums from rare trees, thousands of flasks filled with smells, rare spices, furniture that was overlaid with gold, footstools fashioned of ebony or ivory and overlaid with gold, unimaginable pieces of jewelry, semi-precious stones, items of bronze, alabaster and malachite, lavish clothes for a king and luxurious foods. And I want to read to you directly from the report that produced all this information. Listen to this. The historical information available at diplomatic gifts in the ancient world and especially about the gifts given by Magi lets us know that we have every reason to believe the inventory of gifts presented to Jesus at the family home in Nazareth was a considerable fortune. That's amazing. Isn't that really eye-opening? 
But when you come to Matthew 2, verse 12, after this event, the Bible says the Magi, being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Notice they were warned of God in a dream. Here we see that God speaks to us in language that we understand. I don't know how God speaks to you, but these were Magi. And part of their job was the business of interpreting dreams. And since they were given to dream interpretation, God spoke to them in a dream. God speaks to all of us in a way that we will understand. But the question arises, what eventually happened to the Magi? These Magi played such a major role. What eventually happened to them? Well, one early document traced to an Aryan writer in the 6th century states that when the apostle Thomas was on his way to India to preach, he stopped and presented the full story of the cross and the resurrection to the Magi. They believed Thomas and they were baptized. That is one early record. And whether that is true or not, I can imagine that God would make sure that the Magi reaped a harvest on what they gave to Jesus. God would have seen to it they heard the full story so that they could repent. But another account says that Helena, who was the mother of the Emperor Constantine later, recovered the bodies of the Magi and put them into beautiful ornamented caskets and ordered their remains to be placed at the St. Hagia Sophia Church in Constantinople. And then some suggest that the relics of the Magi were removed to Milan, then later in 1163 A.D. to Cologne, Germany. And what is interesting is today at the cathedral in Cologne, there really is a large gilded sarcophagus behind the high altar that supposedly contains the relics of the Magi. And at one time, that sarcophagus was opened and there really are skeletons there, but it is impossible to verify whether or not they really are the Magi. But... God would have seen to it that the Magi heard the full story and had an opportunity to repent. But today we've seen they didn't just bring three little gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Yes, they brought gold. Yes, they brought frankincense. Yes, they brought myrrh. But they brought in a whole inventory of gifts. And somebody may say, well, what happened to the money? What happened to all those treasures? That's what we're going to talk about tomorrow. And you're going to find out that God's supply always shows up right on time. God's never tardy. He is never late. And this money, all these treasures showed up right on time for the Holy Family's next period of life. Don't miss tomorrow's program. It's going to be so good. But hey, listen to my announcer. And then I'll be back in just a moment, and I want to pray for you. Do you really know the story of Christmas? Is there more to the story about the birth of our Savior than what you've been told? In this series, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, Rick Renner dives deep into the parts of the Christmas story that most people have never heard. Rick says, I've studied this story for decades, and I found fabulous treasures no one ever shared with me. In this series, we explore the Bible, history, historical writings, and so much more, so we can really understand all the events that took place surrounding the birth of Jesus. Rick answers questions like, why did God choose Mary? Was Joseph really a carpenter? Why was Herod so troubled by Jesus' birth? Who were the Magi? And what was the estimated value of their gifts? This 15-part documentary-type series is available in digital or physical format, starting at just $24. And, and we're excited to also offer you Rick's stunning new book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, for a special new release price of $35. It's a book you'll want to share with friends and family at this time of the year. 
This hardcover, 300-page, fully illustrated book is a keepsake that friends and family will pass on to future generations. Don't miss this special offer, the series, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, and the beautiful book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Hey friends, this is Rick Renner, and today I am standing in the foyer of Rick Renner Ministries in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I just wish I could pick you up and bring you here to see all the wonderful ministry that is happening in this facility where we receive thousands and thousands of phone calls from people just like you who reach out to us for prayer and for teaching they can trust. Proverbs 10, 21 says, the lips of the righteous feed many, and we know that's our job. Our job is to feed many. And I wanna say thank you to you for everything you've helped us do with your giving. You helped us construct our studio, purchase this building, and now in phase three of our ministry expansion program, we're wanting to pay this facility off so we can liberate all that money to take the teaching of the Bible around the world on additional channels and venues. And by being a part of our giving team, you can really help us make this happen. If you're not already a part of our giving team, please pray about joining us. And together we can join hands and through teaching of the Bible and by ministering to people that reach out to us and by sending teaching products around the world, we can really change people's lives. And it's amazing to me that today it's never been easier to make an impact in somebody else's life right from where you are. Think about that. You don't even have to get out of your chair. Just go online or make a phone call and bam, by becoming a part of the giving team, you can do something that reaches beyond your world into somebody else's life to really make a difference. That is powerful. And according to the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus promises that if we'll go, or if we'll do what we can do to help others go with the Word of God, His power will show up in our lives. So thank you for praying about being a part of our giving team. And the moment you join, I want you to really expect the power of God to show up in your life. Well, we've had quite a program today. Did you learn something new from the Word of God? I believe that you did. And what you heard today is just a tiny little piece from my brand new series, which is called Christmas, the rest of the story. The subtitle says amazing insights about Christmas you've never heard before. I pray that today you heard some things you've never heard before. My friends, I really want you to have this series and it comes with a study guide and we're offering you my book, which is called Christmas, the rest of the story, which I invested two years of my life to write. And we hired an illustrator who fabulously illustrated the entire story. One example is behind me on the screen, but every single page of this book is beautifully illustrated. It is full color. You will devour it. You will love what you read. It will make you fall in love with the story of Jesus' birth like never before. And what a gift to share with your family or with your friends. But hey, if you need prayer, please reach out to us. We're here for you right now. You don't have to order anything to call us. If you need prayer, just call us. We're here to pray for you. We believe in prayer and we see ourselves as your prayer partner. So ring us right now or send us an email. And the moment we hear how you need prayer, we'll begin to pray and God will move. But put your hand on your heart. 
and I want to pray for you right now. Father, just like the Magi brought their treasures to Jesus, Lord, we need to come to you and give you the very best that we have. And Lord, if we brought you anything inferior, we ask you to forgive us. There's no king with a greater status than you. And Lord, we want to honor you for who you are. Help us in our lives every day, in the way we live, in the way we give our finances, to show that we honor you as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll see you tomorrow. And tomorrow we're going to find out what happened to all those treasures. It's really going to be good. But until then, remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there's power. This program was made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries.